Welcome back to another episode of the Broken Rising Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about what to do if you find yourself kicked out onto the church stoop after a broken under season or a broken under moment. We're going to talk about what you need to do to journey this out in healing. We're also going to talk about uh, how to journey this out so that you journey towards what God has for you next in the future. Welcome to the Broken Rising Podcast. The mission of Broken Rising Ministries is to help those who have been wounded by a church leader find healing, embrace faith once again, and continue on the journey of their calling. Here's your host, Gary Dunn. Again, welcome back to the Broken Rising Podcast. We're going to start this vital episode uh, with a couple of case studies, so let's get into it. Brian, a faithful volunteer on his church's hospitality team, a committed monetary giver and a cheerful and well-respected volunteer that had given more hours to the mission of the church than most, was being stonewalled by church leadership. The church's lead pastor had taken exception to a couple of innocuous ministry suggestions made by Brian and was unable to see past the cordial disagreement that had cropped up. Because the pastor was unable to see past the conflict, it tainted his ability to pastor Brian well. That and the lead pastor was insecure of the respect held by Brian in the congregation by years of faithful and selfless servanthood for the Lord. Within weeks, the lead pastor had pulled the board members into the conflict and summarily dismissed Brian from all ministry in the church, with very little explanation why. Brian was now sitting out on the church's stoop, broken under, deeply wounded, and left with nothing but questions. Pastor Marcia, a young, single, full-time children's pastor at her church, was a firecracker for the Lord. Even though she was aware that she was being paid less than her male counterparts, she didn't care because her commitment to the Lord and ministry was her passion, and it was her joy to sacrifice for the Lord. Pastor Marcia had the sacrificial attitude of Christ in everything she did. The kids she ministered to and their parents loved the excellent ministry she brought each and every single week. However, she was never really taken seriously as a pastor because she was young, female, and had only recently graduated Bible college. The senior pastor of the church appreciated Pastor Marsha's passion and excellent work ethic. However, his board of deacons did not. They saw her as nothing more than a hired hand to babysit the kids and had no desire to keep her long-term on the pastoral staff. They even refused to call her Pastor Marsha publicly. After a few seasons at the church, the board began to pressure the lead pastor for a change in staff tr- uh, structure. Despite the devastating results that a premature shakeup made in the flesh would cause to the families of the church, despite the lead pastor appreciating the excellent ministry Pastor Marsh brought to the life of the church, he did not have the courage to, po- uh, to politically challenge his board. So with little explanation, Pastor Marsha was unceremoniously released from her ministry post with virtually no compensation. Pastor Marsha was now sitting out on the church's stoop, broken under, deeply wounded, and left with nothing but questions. So these are just fictional stories, but they're made up of real ministry situations that uh, that I've I've come into contact. I have talked to literally dozens upon dozens of volunteer church volunteers and uh, and pastoral um, pastoral staff people and. So these these are fictional, but they are based on scenarios that really play out 
weekly in the church in the West, and I'm sure other places in the world as well. So these circumstances that play out every single week, uh, they are part of what uh, needs to change in the church. And we're not going to talk about those structural issues. Those are going to be on other episodes of the podcast. What we're going to talk about today is what do you personally do if you find yourself in the same situation as Brian or Pastor Marsha? What do you do when you find yourself kicked out on the church stoop? What do you do when there is no immediate direction to go? You've put so many uh, years or seasons of hard work in for the Lord for your church, and your reward has been uh, complete misunderstanding, and you find yourself sitting out on the church stoop. So in this episode, we are going to go through just a couple of practical things that you need to do first. This is almost, uh, this episode, I'm, I'm going to consider it's almost like spiritual triage for the uh, the staff pastor or the lay minister or the volunteer in church who finds themselves in this scenario where uh, they have served the Lord with all their heart, given for their church ministry, lead pastor or governing board, and they find themselves out on the stoop. This is going to be some spiritual triage. So the first thing is to realize that the hurt, the pain, and betrayal will almost immediately become or convert into a temptation towards resentment. You must resist this particular temptation. I want to encourage you to resist this temptation towards resentment. And it's hard because in our world, resentment is almost considered virtuous. Uh, in our society, in the culture, in the time that we live in, to be offended is to be virtuous, but not so for the follower of Christ or the servant of Christ. Job chapter 5 verses 2 and 3 says, Resentment kills a fool and envy slays the simple. I myself have seen a fool taking root, but suddenly his house was cursed. One of the things that you need to remember in this scenario, and it's hard, it's sometimes even hard to think this, to believe that leaders could be like this in the church. But you need to remember that that leader or group of leaders uh, who just kicked you out into the church stoop, they really don't care what happens to you next. I mean, they have to say that they care to some degree. I mean, there will be lip service. But saying that you care for somebody and actually caring for them we know is different. Because if there was care, if there was concern, if there was, if the Lord's um, heart and will um, and graceful concern for other members of the body of Christ, specifically those who serve with them, was there, they would have never kicked them out on the stoop or you out on the stoop or your friend out on the stoop to begin with. And so you just need to remember that they they're they're going they're not losing a single wink of sleep. The day or the night that they that they remove you from ministry, that they ask you to leave the church, that you're kicked out, that you find yourself sitting on the outside when Christ really wants everybody to be on the inside, that they they're not they're not losing a single minute of sleep. And that's one thing that we have to remember. So that means that you need to journey with Jesus when you find yourself in this scenario. Now, Jesus cares what happens to you. Maybe those leaders don't, even though they kind of say they do, but maybe they don't. So you have to remember that Jesus, he always cares what hap happens to you. Um, but you, you need to also understand that resentment, if you allow this scenario to convert into resentment, uh, resentment is going to keep you from that peace and joy in the Lord. We always have to be aware that resentment's uh, goal is to store is to steal that peace and joy in the Lord that we have. 
Job's friends, um, uh, Job's friends were completely unhelpful in their uh, in in the advice they gave to Job, and that's kind of famous. We all know that that Job's you know we actually even use that term, the uh, a friend of Job, right? So giving advice that um, you know that is almost always either ungodly or uh, just completely not useful or actually discouraging. And so obviously we don't want to find ourselves around those kind of friends. Uh, I'm sure that we all have them. And if you don't, that's awesome. But Job's friend, even in, in his unhelpfulness here, reveals in the scripture that we just read, reveals something important about the nature of resentment that we need to be aware of when we go into a broken under scenario, because we're going to be tempted to be resentful for what has happened to us. All right. Resentment makes you a fool. It's just plain and simple. Resentment makes you a fool. Resentment destroys your future, and it is a block to God's favor in the next season of your life, as hard as it is, decide uh, decide that the moment that you are you are you find yourself kicked out on the stoop, uh, the church stoop that is, that you will never embrace resentment uh, against the church or those who hurt you. All right, when the the moment that you are you find yourself out on that stoop. Just decide you are never going to embrace resentment, all right, against the church, against other Christians, against God himself, because that is what resentment will do. It will it will find somebody to blame, all right? And it, obviously that could be focused against the leader who is responsible or the group of leaders who are responsible for, uh, for, for seeing you out on the stoop, for kicking you out on the church stoop. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You, you cannot hold resentment. And you'll notice at the end of that scripture, I just, that, that point, that last line is really poignant. It's, it, it just pushes uh, that theme uh, through amazingly. I myself have seen a fool taking root. All right. So we've all seen resentment turn other people into a fool. All right. It says, but suddenly his house was cursed. All right. Resentment will keep you from your, uh, from your, from the next season that the Lord has for you. So we have to reject resentment. So this first point that you, you must realize that hurt, pain, and betrayal will almost immediately become a temptation towards resentment. You got to res re uh, resist this temptation towards resentment. All right. The second thing is this, you are not alone. You are not alone. Now, again, this seems like, okay, this is something that we all say. This is, this is bumper sticker. This is, you know, Sunday school 101. The thing is, is that the actual experience of being kicked out onto the church stoop of being betrayed, it actually creates that, that, that thought process in your heart that you're abandoned. You're abandoned by God. You're abandoned by the church. You're abandoned by other Christians, even your own friends, and nothing could be further from the truth. You're not alone. God is always with you. All right, that's the Sunday School 101 uh, take on that. But here's the thing. You are always in a fight, spiritual battle uh, with the enemy for knowing who you are in Christ when you go through a broken under situation. All right, just like Brian and Pastor Marcia, when they find themselves at the end of it all, right, in both their, their scenarios, they find themselves rejected by men. But God hasn't rejected you. But that rejection by men still... It still creates um, a spiritual battle in you because then you begin to project that onto the Lord, onto other Christians, onto the church, and it's simply not the case. It goes without saying that God is with you, 
And if Jesus was all you had, then he would be enough that you would need to rebuild your life and ministry. If Jesus is all you had, that's, he's all you need to rebuild your life and ministry. But you also have friends and family that are on your side. And they are for you. They, they, you have fa- family and friends, and sometimes they're quieter. Maybe they live in other communities. Uh, they're in other churches. But most of us will have other friends and family. Uh, and if you don't, it's just simply that you've either forgotten that they're there um, simply because of the shock of being thrown out on the church stoop. And this happens to everybody who is thrown out into the, the, the stoop of the church, so to speak. I'm just, you know, the title of this uh, podcast and the blog, that's just using that term to be thrown out on the, on the church stoop. But it's really just to be rejected by a leader or a group of leaders in the church. All right. First Kings chapter 19, verse 14 says, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. All right. This is that, this is uh, the prophet Elijah after he had his his amazing victory on Mount Carmel uh, against the prophets of Baal. And if you remember that story um, where uh, literally Elijah had this great victory where the prophets of Baal were for hours upon hours were trying to get the, uh, uh, you know, they were trying to get Baal, uh, uh, a god who, a false god who doesn't exist, to try to burn up the sacrifice and then Elijah just prays his prayer to the Lord after they're do- they're done doing their bit, and there's this great victory where the fire god comes down and burns up the sacrifice and the water that they had all put on it, and and all those things. It's a fantastic, wonderful story. But part of that story is what happens after. We all love that. It preaches really well to talk about the fire god coming down and burning up the sacrifice uh, while Elijah has faith in the face of of literally hundreds and thousands of people around him that that have no faith. Because here's the deal. The reason why the back half of that story is just as important as the front half. Now, the front half is very important. The miracle and the wonder of God, uh, the, you know, God just uh, supernaturally doing fantastic, amazing miracles in front of our eyes that happen because of faith. That's awesome. But that back half is all about the enemy is always trying to make you feel like you're completely alone. And Elijah, after seeing God literally send down fire from heaven, after uh, Jezebel, evil queen Jezebel, makes a threat on his life, he runs and he feels like he's alone. The enemy is always trying to make you feel like you are the only one who has kept your way pure, that has kept your faithfulness to the Lord. Right, so the enemy is always going to try to keep in front of your face. All right, he's always going to try to keep uh, faithlessness and hypocrisy and all those things in front of your face. When you're kicked out onto the stoop of the church, betrayed by a leader or a group of leaders, this is one of the things that we struggle with. All right, this is one of the things that the enemy is going to want to literally put the knife in and, and continue to twist. Uh, in our spirit, spiritually speaking, not physically, uh, put that knife into our soul and, and and keep twisting with hypocrisy. And we look at other leaders and and all we hear is the rumors and all we hear is the things said against us. Or we think 
things are being said against us. We suspect it. And it's all those things. And that is just resentment. That is just the enemy trying to use this feeling alone that we need to remember. We need to take hope in the Lord. You need to know this. If you feel alone, it only seems that way. If you feel alone after a breaking under season, it only feels that way. In 1 Kings chapter 9, uh, 19, sorry, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18, God reveals that there are 7,000 friends who have not bowed the knee to sin. They have not uh, bowed the knee to the corruption of the Baals. If we're going to bring this into, into our, in, you know, to the modern church days, they have not bowed, 7,000 have not bowed their knee to the corruption of the church or to the world's ways or to the hypocrites or to be, you know, to be a Pharisee in the way that they live their lives for the Lord. I guess I would be not for the Lord. But the point is this, is that Elijah thought he was alone. And here's the 7,000 prophets or people, the, the word of God actually just says that it's people, um, because there were other prophets as well. But they were just, they were just particularly in hiding. Maybe they were in prayer. Maybe they themselves felt that they were alone, but they themselves had chosen not to bow the knee. Elijah was anything but alone but he thought he was alone. And I and, and most times when we find ourselves kicked out uh, of onto the stoop of the church, uh that is the you know the front steps of the church all alone with the doors locked behind you. Um and you that's happened to you because of a senior church leader, it's happened to you because of another group of leaders in the church. Whatever it is, uh we think we're alone, but we're we're so not. There are others in your church, in your community, in your denomination network there are others who have not bowed the knee, who refuse to live their lives hypocritically, who refuse to live their lives uh, in a way that dishonors the Lord uh, hypocritically, and they have been faithful to the Lord like you have. So take heart in that. You are not alone. There are many others in the church, people and leaders alike, who have not corrupted themselves, all right, who have treated others with the godly value that, that, that the Lord wants us to treat each other with. So seek out friends that you know in the Lord, even if they're not in your, your, you know, your church or community. If you're still in that church, um, you know, you will struggle through a season where you're going to, to have to, you know, it's, you might have to be low key. There might be some of those horrible church politics that you're going to have to wade through, uh, which is not fun, but just know this, as long as you stay faithful to the Lord, you will not, uh, experience the repercussions, uh, that those who, walk out ministry and church life in in the world's politics you won't be dealing with that because you'll just be walking purely with the lord all right so seek out those friends that you know that serve the lord that haven't bowed the knee and seek out new ones who serve the lord um in, in different seasons of my own life i have clung to old friends that i know that are faithful and i've also had times where i've had to let other friends just you know just quietly go into the background it's not that there's a hate on for them it's not that we think anything less of them it's just we realized that there was uh in a season where we had to put some friends aside because of negativity because of whatever it was faithlessness uh never mind the natural kind of growing apart and the rest of it and seek out those but i want to encourage you to seek out those friends who are strong in the lord even if you've been booted out onto the steps or the front stoop of the church, you are not alone, all right? The Lord is with you, and there are thousands of others 
who haven't bowed the knee, who haven't acted like the hypocrite, who haven't been the type of Christian that devalues others, haven't been the leader that, that wounds and abuses spiritually and emotionally those who serve them. So my encouragement is this, you are not alone. Now, the next point that we want to go over today is that you are still gifted and called in the Lord. You are still gifted and called in the Lord. And actually, I might have thrown this into another blog or another podcast, and every now and then it's going to be thrown in. And the reason why is because Broken Rising Ministries exists for those of you who have been broken under, who have been spiritually and emotionally abused by uh, a leader, a senior leader in the church, or say a group of leaders in the church. Again, uh, you may be a lead pastor who has been going through this, uh, say, uh, with your local governing board or leadership team or whatever it is uh, for you in ministry. But this is also for lay leaders and volunteers that have gone through this, like you know, our example at the beginning of our podcast, uh, Brian's example there, um, his case study. And so uh, you're going to see this in other podcasts and blogs because it's one of the key focuses of this ministry. But you are still called and gifted in the Lord. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 reads this. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I put that emphasis on you also, because Peter's making the point that Jesus was rejected. He was rejected by men. And in this particular season in your life, you've been rejected by men. You've been thrown out onto the church stoop, that front door, the door's been slammed behind you and locked. Uh, whether that's, you know, literally in the physical or whether that's just been shut out from ministry, shut out, shut out from relationships, uh, and you are finding yourself in this season where of no fault of your own, you've been faithful to the Lord, serving in ministry, you've given your best, you've done all you know how to do in serving the Lord, and you still find yourself in this particular, in this situation where you're broken under and out on the church stoop. Jesus is so amazing for, like, infinite reasons. We can never go wrong looking at the life of Jesus. Staring into the life of Jesus, staring into the heart of Jesus, staring into his eyes, devotionally uh, speaking, uh, so to speak, we're never going to go wrong. We are never going to go wrong putting Jesus first in, in our theology, Jesus first in our lives, Jesus first sacrificially. But one of these amazing infinite reasons is that, uh, is that he allows us to share in his experience number of places in the New Testament talks about whether it's Jesus himself or to his disciples or uh, Paul or the other apostles when they write, saying that, that, that we're going to share in his experience, that as Jesus goes, so we go, all right? And we will never know what it's like to be God, but we as children of God, uh, we, we can uh, take the example of his strength and then we can have strength, all right? What he suffered uh, we will suffer as kind of like a shadow in just, you know, being human beings in the real world and, and unfortunately in the church world. All right. So Jesus was rejected by men, yet it was the centerpiece of history. Like Jesus, all right, not 
exactly, but like Jesus. There's, there's metaphor, there's shadowing here in our own lives. When we're rejected by certain people, unfortunately, even church people, even unfortunately pastors or key leaders in the church, uh, kind of all different levels of, of the church, you know, locally or regionally or whatever, we are still his Listen to me, you you are still called, you are still loved, you still have giftings, and those are not negated because you've been kicked out in the church too. Listen to me and understand and take this encouragement. You, you may have been rejected by men. Jesus was also rejected by men. Now, he was the savior of the world, and the foreshadowing is this. When you are rejected by men, you are still loved by the savior, all right? We are still a key part of the church. You are still a key part of the church if you find yourself kicked out onto the church stoop. You are still holy and loved by him, even though you've been kicked out onto the church stoop. We are still gifted, called, and that which rests on our lives from the Lord, it is still in you. God is still calling you to use it. Now, he's calling you to get healed. He's calling you to deal with the pain and the wounding that has been authored in you by being kicked out on the church stoop. And sometimes that's a short season. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of that medium level season where, it, you know, it's it's going to take more than just a day or two to get over this. And sometimes it's going to be a long-term journey. I'm going to talk about this in other podcasts, but that's usually related to how long you've served. All right. So for our case studies in this podcast, Brian, we never put a time on how long he served at the church, but let's assume that it was years and years and years that's heartbreaking. That takes that's going to take a little longer to get over. He's been faithfully serving for years, and then all of a sudden, he uh, he's just cut off from serving the Lord, and now he has to journey through that. And that's so that's at a, a volunteer lay leader level for somebody who has been you know a faithful saint uh, at the local church le- level. For Pastor Marsha, um, it, it's still going to sting. It's still going to hurt. Uh, and at that staff level, but because she was only there, we're assuming anyway, for a short season, fresh out of Bible college, she's been there for a couple seasons. The reality is, is that she very well is going to move on to another church that's going to value her better, another pastor that's going to value her better. And if you're in, in that particular scenario, uh, my prayer and my hope and the prayer of all those who love you, most importantly, Jesus is that that's what's going to happen. You'll still have some healing to do, uh, depending what was said over. Sometimes a short season can still be as brutal as a long season, depending on which words of literal spiritual emotional death are spoken over you. So those are things to consider. Those are things that, um, you know, that are going to be part of your uh, growing uh, and healing season. Now, last thing again that I want to uh, to remind you is this, that you are still called. I know I've said that like a dozen times now. You're still called, you're still called, you're still gifted. Uh, God still has a plan for your life and something amazing for you in the next season, even if that pain is kind of deep and overwhelming. So remember that you are still called and gifted of the Lord. There's an emotional violence that happens to us when we're rejected, especially by a church leader. Because when you're rejected by a church leader, that is literally connected to your heart to the Lord, right? So it's when when you walk with Jesus and you're in the church, you're serving him, you're loving Jesus, 
everything from that sweet walk with Jesus that you have in your devotional life to the calling and gifts that he's placed on your life to your worship, to you serve him through serving, say, another leader or a group of leaders in the church. Um, when there's a breaking in that, they're kind of all connected and you've got this one, you've got this one part that's, that's broken. Um, and so it can actually almost be like an emotional violence on your, on, on your soul. And so, because, and the reason why is because those leaders are supposed to represent Jesus. They're supposed to rep represent Jesus's heart towards us and everybody that they lead and not treat us like the world does. The enemy will use that to author rejection, to author resentment, uh, and will try to paralyze our future. That is one of the goals that, that the enemy has for every single lay leader, every single staff pastor, every single volunteer who's given their all for Jesus is that that ministry stops because the goal for the enemy, the goal for the devil in our lives is that that uh, we don't, as a believer in Jesus, take anybody else to heaven with us. That's his goal, all right? So if he can bring our ministry uh, grinding to a halt through rejection, the enemy's gonna just gonna twist that spiritual knife into our soul and try to literally just stop uh, kingdom work and kingdom fruit coming from our lives. So remember that the enemy uses uh, the, literally, the, the enemy uses rejection to do that. But know that when you find yourself on the church stoop, Jesus knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you are. That man has rejected you, but he hasn't. So listen to his voice. Listen to the Holy Spirit speaking, uh, speaking to you, even though the other voices are still kind of loud and ringing in your head. When you find yourself out in the church stoop and they slam the door behind you and they lock the door, that that slamming and the locking of the bolts of, of the church door and everything, that's still kind of, you know, it's ringing around in the back of your, your, your mind and your heart. You need to let that calm down and listen to the voice of Jesus because, man, he has so much for your future. So I want to encourage you to go after that. All right, if you find yourself out on the church stoop, Please know this is not the end. There is more. God has more and bigger and better for you. And I, and I know that that just that seems like okay that's that's kind of Sunday school 101 kind of stuff, but it's so true. It's just that the journeying it out is going to be more than a Sunday school 101. It's uh there's a real battle of the soul with character and fighting for who you are in Christ. And I want to encourage you keep fighting. Because the Lord has great things for you next. So I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. Remember to hit uh, the like button, hit the subscribe button on all our channels. And I just want to encourage you to uh, go to brokenrising.com. There is the podcast, there's the blog, there's other resources there for you. And um, there is an exciting resource that is coming up soon. The next couple podcasts, um, as, uh, as the final preparations kind of get ready, uh, I'm going to share with, a, uh, with you a major project that is coming up, a major resource that I believe is going to be a massive blessing to those who have been spiritually and emotionally wounded or abused by a senior church leader uh, in the church. And the goal, again, is to see complete healing, to see a restoration, and to see a re-releasing of God's calling on your life. So I want to encourage you, again, keep rising in the Lord. 
to healing and the releasing of God's gifts and calls on your life. And we will see you on the next podcast of the Broken Rising Ministries. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. For more podcasts and resources, please visit brokenrising.com and connect with our pages on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is copyright Broken Rising Ministries.